Welcome back to Opa Podcast, episode 50. Griffin, we're at episode 50. The big five zero already? Yeah. Too bad we couldn't get the entire crew, but like I said off air, when we get to episode 69, everyone's hopping on. Hey, we love that. Awesome, awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much for coming in to either of your watching or listening. Thank you so much. Uh, Today is only two of us, uh, so it's Griffin and myself. Say hi, Griff. What's up, everybody? And today, just a quick recap, everyone. So we'll be discussing and recapping uh, our last home game recently against uh, Colorado, uh, and then previewing Big Ten opener against Michigan State uh, at East Lansing, and then a couple other items to discuss uh, to wrap the podcast. But to get started here, Griffin, um, our Golden Gophers won 49-7 to this past weekend. Um, I say a pretty dominating performance against an otherwise, from what I've been hearing on the, on the, uh, over social media and, and newscasters, that um, Buffalo, uh, the Buffaloes may be the worst P5 program right, or team right now in terms of FBS Power 5 conference teams i am definitely hearing the same things you are because they definitely showed it on the first play when they fumbled it yep but um i would i'm just gonna run through some quick stats um so i just saw the fans know um, i only got to see like half the game i was doing my own things on saturday with some friends uh but try my best to keep in tune with the game um just to go into some details um our golden gophers um in terms of overall you want to launch the world's largest streaming channel Hang on, an ad try to play on ESPN. Okay, um, so the Gophers had 500 total yards. Um, each team both had a turnover. Uh, we had 29 first downs versus Colorado's 14, uh, and then we also pretty much dominated the time of possession, 36:07 to Colorado's 23:53. Um, moving on from there. Uh, Tanner Morgan had a great day again, um, I'd say, uh, 11 of 16 uh, for passing, 157 yards uh, with three touchdowns and one INT. And then our backups were in um, as well. Cole Kramer was one for one for nine yards. Uh, Ethan was zero of one. The team overall was zero of two. Uh, rushing, Mohamed Ibrahim had a fantastic day, 23 carries or 202 yards. Um, 8.8 yards average with three tutties. Um, running back, uh, other running backs, Bryce Williams only had four carries for 58 yards and one tutty. Uh, Potts, 13 for 51. Ethan, Jordan, Newbin, Preston Jellin, Terry Morgan had something in there as well. Uh, Crab was actually leading in, in terms of receptions, three for 58 and the tutty before he, uh, we'll get into in the bit here, but unfortunately before he got hurt. Um, then Brevin, Dalen, Daniel, um, Clay Geary, and uh, Lamecki. I hope I pronounced his name right. Lamecki Brockington had something in there too uh, for a day on the offense. Um, defense ate it uh, as well. Like they, they got at it against the Buffaloes. Uh, Mariano Sorimarin leading the way in terms of uh, total tackles, solos, and TFLs. Um, and then, unfortunately, uh, Wyatt was a little hurt by this. Uh, Mark Crawford had a very poor ass punt, <laughs> the one punt we had the entire game, and then Matthew Trickett was pretty much solid, seven for seven for extra points, uh, but no field goals um, for this game. Um, but 
Any takeaways from you, Griffin? I just thought watching Colorado, like it's just it's so funny that on one of like the first drive of the game they fumble the ball. Like, how bad can your offense be? Like, how much can you just write into your own story about how bad you are? Like, that was honestly hilarious. Um, And then, obviously, with Mike Sanford being their OC, he did absolutely nothing for them in my eyes. I mean, we'll we'll look at third-down efficiency here, just comparing teams. Colorado was 1-for-12. They converted one third down the entire game. Meanwhile, we converted 13 of 15. Um, whatever, wherever Mike Sanford goes, the offense does not show up. Um, so I was, I'd was i like to see on... I know kind of at the end of the first half, we were kind of trying to do some more tempo things, which is where Crab got hurt. I hate that he got hurt on such like a mean like i'd say a meaningless play i mean we don't got much time left crab is just trying to catch this little five yard crosser in front of him and he just goes down funny there's no hard hits no whatever he like this man is seeking a seventh year of eligibility i mean this couldn't happen to like a better person honestly yeah Uh, and the but, thing that scares me, though, uh, I, I, if, you, if you're okay, we just dive into what's going on with Crab. So PJ, in his press conference today to preview Michigan State, pretty much announced um, he is out for the remainder of the season. It, uh, he has to go into surgery this Wednesday, uh, the 21st, which is, again, he's part of the Encore 4. Um, PJ decided to go move, proceed with, like, with the steps to get him a, another year of eligibility for the seventh season. But it is ultimately up to Crab because now that I think about it, in his class is only Tanner, Mo, and John Michael Schmitz. And then mm-hmm. once those three are gra- graduate and out, it's just Crab is going to be the elder statesman on this team. And I don't know if you want, like, I know, uh, remember Antoine Winfield? I think it was a <laughs> redshirt <laughs> sophomore or junior in his last season with us before, you know. They're like, you know, you still got a couple more seasons. He's like, ah, no, I'll go on to the next level. So I think if whatever Crab decides, it either be coming back for another his last and hopefully final season, mm-hmm. or not, and move on like to recover, focus on the combine, and or hopefully get an invitation to the combine and become an NFL prospect that way. You know, I don't blame him because like at this point, this man just needs a break. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I can see i'll respect his decision either way whether he wants to come back great we want him we want him to coach we want him to play we want him to mentor uh we want all that but also if he wants to do what's best for him and think and he thinks that's stepping away from the gophers absolutely understandable we were blessed with six years i wish i wish six full seasons of him but we're blessed to have him for six years and whatever he decides to go with we uh we respect I will say my most favorite plays are when he had, uh, let's see, that foot toe tap against Fresno State. I think you were nope. there for that game. Uh, nope. It was a late night CBS game. Oh, that was a no- uh, that sucked. It was a late night broadcast. Um, uh, his touchdown against Penn State, where he they, he did through the slant, the screen pass, and just like juke like two defenders from Penn State and got the touchdown to ice the way the game further. So. You know, I'm glad we had Crab. 
But I will also say too, PJ mentioned it, and I had to go look back at the highlights. A lot of guys got the ball in terms of the passing game. Like you look at receivers, I mentioned uh, Lamecky Brockington, Clay Geary, who's a six-year guy as well. He was a walk-on gopher for a bit too. And then Daniel Jackson, Dalen Wright, uh, Mike Brown-Stevens in terms of the passing game um, alongside Crab. So six receivers, Brevin, Spanford, and I'm not sure who our other tight ends' names are, but our other tight ends have been getting distributed the balls as well throughout the three games, even though they're second or third team as well. And then in in terms of the running backs, Moe, Trey, um, Bryce, and the other guys are also getting screen passes too or or being the fourth read when our quarterbacks can't find an open receiver. So I, I even though I'm sad we lost Crab, and some people I've seen, especially from I saw from Daily Gopher on Twitter and Gopher Illustrated, some people are like, I don't think we have a guy that's going to be like Crab who would, who could be the deep threat just like falls down the field. I think we'll have someone what like someone I think someone will step up, but if we stick to what we know we know best, the slants, the RPO game, I think we'll be okay in terms of receive the receiving core. Yeah, I think I think we are A okay as well. Like we have plenty of receivers that have plenty of experience. It's not like we're bringing up some it's not like we only have two stud receivers and we're trying to bring up a third and coach them up in, in a game. It's like no, we have um, we can use our tight ends. We have Dalen Wright, Daniel Jackson, Mike Brown Stevens, Clay Geary, Lamecky Brockington, and I'd say this is Clay's Geary. This is Clay Geary's time to shine, really. Yeah. Like we've seen of him before. Um, he's an older guy, but he's someone that has shown flashes of um, brilliance. Whether it's um, just literally running the most basic routes to, I think he's really good with his hands as well. I mean, he's had a catcher. Um, receiving yards and you know these first couple games here and he's always seems to be left open it's like i mean we'll take 10 15 yards if they're just going to leave him sit in a in a pocket of a zone i mean we'll take that any day of the week so i think this is clay's time to kind of take over that vet role he might not be that big deep threat but i think he's one we'll see getting a lot more targets at least and i'd say this this is for dalen Wright too this is his time to kind of be that deep threat. That's who I kind of see as our um, stretching the field uh, receiver here. Yeah, for sure. Um, but to go back to the game, that, okay, I think I think that, I think we can put the rest about crap. You know, great career. Um, sad that I had to end this way, especially when we're about to get in the conference play. Um, but looking at the game overall, I will say I think from all and. and pretty much for the entire game we dominate if i have two notes to pick off if that if that's the way to be again we're just being nitpicky at this point because like it's very it's uh, we, i get right now from the three teams we played has been significantly lower competition from what our other call uh, other colleagues and opponents in the big 10 west and the east has played obviously but i will say um that turnover that bounced off of um was a brevin's hands um that uh that would that would that that sucked (laughs) uh in the red zone uh was in the red zone or in the end zone no i think it was actually just in like i think it was around like the 30 or 40 yard line okay because i think they start the ball off on the 11 so i think it was like in the end zone and then the guy just ran it out of the end zone to like the 11 i don't remember how that went but uh that happened um but 
I think we're going to get better from that. I know Brevin can get better as well, so hopefully that gets resolved. And the other one was the penalties. Uh, I know PJ runs a very clean program in terms of penalties, but we had like four to five penalties that first half, and then there was zero second. I remember that play, um, or well, I'm not sure which drive, but like we had two, one or two penalties, and Mo on like third down, third and 24, they hand the ball to Mo. He breaks like a couple of tackles and gets the first down and like tippy toes on the sideline too, in order not to go out of bounds in order to keep us to keep that drive alive. Um, and then it did get better. I think PJ gave him an earful <laughs> at the second, at the half, but uh, I think we need to get, I think the O line has been getting better, less and less penalties, but I think we need to be pretty much set now because Michigan state, they're, they're going to want to eat because they got their asses whooped last week by Washington. <laughs> yep. But other than that, again, the very two nitpicky things. Again, a pick in the end zone uh, towards the, in the red zone. But again, it was like we had we still had like the field advantage in the for the defense because they just ate away, ate them away. And then we did have penalties the first half, but that was cleaned up pretty much by the second. Um, but that's my two notes in terms of this game. But overall, dominating performance. From, like, great game from Tanner, Mo, Bryce, and Trey. Uh, receivers did pretty well, uh, including Crab before he went down. Brevin getting involved in the passing game there. Um, and O-line slowly getting better. But I I thought it was a great non uh, – I'd say it was a fun non-conference slate. Uh, but let's get to some Big Ten play coming up. Yeah, I'd say my just quickly my two things, kind of my takeaways is I'd want the one as we enter Big Ten play. I thought Tanner's performance was very pedestrian. Um, wasn't good, wasn't bad. I mean, he was able to stretch the field, able to run some plays, but you know, as we step into Big Ten play, he's gonna have to step up, uh, make some bigger passes, better throws. Um, I wouldn't attri- I wouldn't attribute that interception to him. I yeah. I'd want- behind him but brevin's a big enough guy where you got to just make it happen um and then the second thing is our defensive line play um the, a lot of the offensive lines we're going to be facing are a lot better than some of these non-conference ones that we did so just initial pressure from the d-line just to kind of make the quarterbacks scramble feel uncomfortable in the pocket um and make some uh poor decisions i would say those are kind of my two things as we head into big 10 play all right, all right. All right, Griffin, let's move on then to preview against uh, our first Big Ten game of the season. So it'll be taking place this Saturday, the 24th, a 2.30 p.m. Central kickoff in East Lansing. Um, so some quick numbers here. Uh, ESPN's FPI has the Gophers at pretty much 40% to win the game versus Michigan State 60. Uh, that number, that uh, FPI has changed quite a bit since the season started i will say that it was i will say that gopher was favored pretty low (laughs) in the fpi so it has changed a bit um but the betting odds while fpi says we're losing pretty much or favoring the sparties um the money line has a gopher is a minus two and a half uh and over under is at 51 for the game um, and just going further into like so like gen- general team stats, uh, Michigan State uh, points per game is thirty eight point three versus our forty nine point seven. Uh, they have a lot points allowed per game 
uh, they have 17.3 points allowed versus our 5.7. Total yards, we have more, 555 to their 430. Um, and yards allowed, our, we had only 170 to their 354. Again, still a differences. Michigan State had different uh, levels of comp competition, especially, again, like we mentioned earlier, they played Washington last game and literally got their asses whooped by Michael Penix, who if you, some of our listeners or watchers know that name, he was the former quarterback of Indiana in the same division. Um, literally, like, had a field day uh, against uh, the Spar Spartans, losing 28-39 uh, to 39 that game. Yeah, anything, Griff? <laughs> yeah, I think for Michigan State, as we preview this game here, um, I know Laurent's mentioned it before, and I there's some truth to it. Where they were kind of carried last year by um, Walker at running back, um, kind of really helped their offense. And then this year, I think they're obviously they're a great team. I do think they are way way more pedestrian than people are making them out to be. Mm -hmm. they're, they're they're thinking they're a lot better than I think they actually are. I mean, I kind of see them as similar to the Gophers in terms of they like to run the ball. Um, I know that for players-wise, their um, main rusher, Jalen Berger, is still averaging five yards, five and a half yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, those are, that's fantastic numbers. And so this will be the a really good uh, test for the Gopher defense here coming up on Jalen Berger. They also have Jarek. Broussard, who's put up almost five yards a carry as well, even though he's gotten about a little over less, little over half the carries. Um, but then at wide receiver, they have Keon Coleman, who's averaging 15 yards um, a catch as well. So I do see a very balanced offense as well. They do yeah. throw and run the ball. And as you said, they score about 30 points a game. I think this will be the one of the closest games the Gophers will play all year, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, I could see us scoring both teams and the final score for both teams going to end up between 20 and 30 points somewhere. Yeah. Uh, this game's really going to be one of those crappy games because Mel Tucker's teams, um, they're gritty. They're scrappy. They'll fight till the end. There's no quit, even though they were down 11 or whatever to Washington. They yep. you never really give up. So this will be, uh, I think, a scrappy, dirty game in football. Not, not like physically but um just a very scrappy game yeah for sure um i will say this um you want to move on to keys of the game then sure i think um first of all on the go for offense i think you and i would probably agree balance like we do have big 10 rusher uh like you know Mo muhammad ibrahim he's gonna be a big threat to them because I, I, I personally don't think in terms of their level of competition that they played this year, so Western Michigan, Akron, and Washington, um, I don't think they faced a, a, a really good running back yet until this game. And I think Mo is going to make their defense, especially their defensive coaching staff, pull their hair out because they know if they let Mo run loose and make and he becomes a runaway locomotive, um, it's going to hurt them. And if even they stop the run, he is still a good passing option uh, that he can still beat you in the air as well. 
uh, and it also ensures that even though we lost Crab, I do think trusting our receivers and tight ends is going to be very crucial as well. Because um, as we saw during like the pre- the three non-conference game, Brevin has been getting a lot of love from Kirk Shiraka and Tanner Morgan in terms of the offensive schemes and play play playmaking on the field, um, but also Dalen, uh, Daniel, Mike Brown, Stevens, and Clay Curie. I think those four guys will be essentially. I I don't think I think if if it makes sense, I think in the case when we had Crab, Crab was like wide receiver one. But then Dalen, Daniel, Clay, and Mike were like two two A, two B, two C, two D. Like I'd say they're 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 great solid options. So I think um, Michigan State's gonna have a difficult time. And as we saw from Washington, their secondary is kind of shaky. Mm-hmm. So um, so I think I personally think a balanced attack because they gotta worry about Mo, but also like. With Kirk Shiraka leading the way and Tanner being Tanner, uh, don't 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 sleep on the pass either. Yep, and I I think that goes both ways. Yeah, uh, for both defenses is is all about how you're gonna play that balance because you have pretty good defenses, but pretty good players as well on each side of the ball. So we'll see how they adjust. Yep. And I, I think this is going to be a good game, too, for how our um, secondary is, too. Again, we do return Justin Wally, uh, Newbin, Howden, uh, Terrell Smith as well. Those four guys are back. Um, and from what we've seen from the first three games, pretty much shut down lower, weaker competition. So I'm excited to see uh, those guys handle some Big Ten receivers as well. Um Obviously, uh, I think why I made this note, don't fuck up special teams. <laughs> um, so Mike Mark Crawford got to not punt 24 yards, <laughs> uh, obviously. And then Matt Trickett, I think I, th- I think he's been um, – has he been 100% kicking in terms of field goals? Uh, that's – I think, yeah, pretty sure he has. I haven't seen anything. He's 7 for 7 last week on extra points. Yeah, so I think he's been pretty much perfect in terms of um, uh, field goals, and I think his longest is one of I think the New Mexico State or the uh, um, what was the other team Western Illinois game. So uh, I think we'll be okay into special teams, but I think just be disciplined overall. I I I know in preseason I said the Gophers will lose, but this is gonna be a gritty gritty game between these two really well-coached teams so um do you have any other notes before we get on to predictions i I think the last thing is we're talking about a couple things to like what's going to determine this game um and who what might sway it one way or the other is that you kind of mentioned with like special teams it's field position um field position is going to play a huge part and um who I think who wins this game and how many more opportunities one side might get more than the other, uh, given their chances. Um, then the other thing is penalties, as we could see this, I could see this being a really clean game or getting kind of a little bit undisciplined for both sides because you kind of saw them get a little bit undisciplined against Washington. Oh yeah, uh, they, uh, they were getting heated um, on that side of the ball, but I think at least the Gophers are well 
enough coached where they can find their chill and not get too emotional in the moment. But penalties will be huge when it comes to Big Ten play and then field position and how they're able to capitalize on that. Yeah, for sure. And I will say this. Um, you know what we have not seen? Uh, I know I we, that was supposed to be the last point, but I think I have another point that we forgot to mention. Wildcat? We haven't seen it preseason in uh, pre-Big Ten play. Didn't we have a didn't we have like a Cole Kramer wildcat for one play maybe? Uh maybe, but I feel like that's because we put him in a quarterback for like a few series of seasons. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's hard it's hard to say too because we haven't um opened our playbook per Correct. se. Correct. Uh, so, uh I I that, I think that's the one thing I forgot to think about was that we really haven't opened the playbook. Like we were passing a lot more than we usually do. As uh, as Soup mentioned last podcast, we were, were throwing more than we normally do and blowing teams out more than we usually do versus like, you know, once we get up 30, we just run the clock. And if we don't make the first down, we still punt the ball away. So yeah. um, we really haven't opened the playbook. And remember, this is the same offense uh, with that Kirk Shiraka has led where we did like the uh, Philly Philly with Tanner. <laughs> um, uh, some of those like, you know, uh, I remember, you remember Indiana years ago, that year that we beat Wisconsin where um, Rashad Bateman says you just turn the Jets down the field and Tanner just sling it or just like slung the ball down the field and caught it for the touchdown to end the game against Indiana. Like, I think there's more to the playbook. We just haven't seen it yet, including the Wildcat, which, you know, you and I are used to with the Seth Green days and a little bit after he left. <laughs> yep. Well, well, this this game will be very telling of what they have in their uh, in their book. Yeah, for sure. And I think last, last point, um, dominate the trenches, too. Like, this is a pretty much brand new offensive line that we've had uh, playing together. And Axel, it was Axel Rushmar that walked off the field injured, um, yeah, uh, two couple of days ago, and Nathan Bow stepped in. I think he's our sixth lineman for our sixth lineman package and special teams as well, um, and he was all right. Um, I'm just worried, so hopefully Axel's okay. Um, from what PJ said, he's okay, um, but I'm just worried about injuries <laughs> and fight in the battle with the trench because like Michigan State's D line is pretty nasty uh, in terms of what they can do yes all right so predictions um we both said preseason that uh we were losing except for Wyatt no not Wyatt Laurens um but how I'm gonna give two scores if we win or lose since I said preseason we're losing I said uh I'm gonna say 28 to 31 it's gonna be a close game um, and we're going to lose by three. But if we do win, I'll flip that around. Gophers went 31 to 28. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I picked, I, I picked an L, correct? Yep. I'll, I'll do the same thing as if we lose, I'll say 30 to 27. Oh, okay. And then if we win, Let's do twenty-seven, twenty-three. Ooh, 
I'm thinking this is going to be a dog fight. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Awesome, awesome. Cool. Uh, you said loss 30 to 20, oh, 27 to 30. Maybe you did lose. Okay. All right. So that is it for preview against Michigan State. Is go uh, happy Big Ten opener for the Gophers coming up. And uh, let's hope we get the dub and hope we're wrong about our preseason predictions. Um, I'm upset with myself. <laughs> all right, moving on. So um, besides some upsets, uh, uh, like Michigan State getting pretty much whooped a little bit by Washington, uh, I know I said last podcast I had a hot take that Nebraska would upset Oklahoma they got wrecked by like five scores, and today uh, Mickey fired their defensive coordinator too from Nebraska. Oh I, oh, I didn't even see that. That's yeah. That I'm I'm a little sad because I'd like to torch their defense some more. I know, but <laughs> but that's yeah. probably a football program. Yeah, Mickey fired their D coordinator today, or was it yesterday? Um, what else? Let's see here. Um, if you think about it too, we're still undefeated in the West. Um, the only undefeated. Yeah, and if you tr- look at it in terms of Big Ten scores as well, like I know the Big Ten, uh, uh, wins and loss record takes precedence before the overall record. So technically, right now, if you're looking from f- in first place, it's the Wildcats, Northwestern. Oh, weird. S- second is the Gophers, or no, second is Gophers, and then tied behind them is going to be Wisconsin, um. Illinois and uh, is it Iowa? Then Purdue, Purdue, Nebraska. I don't know, but yeah, essentially, Gophers is pretty much second, and then the other teams behind us, the other five teams in the division, are sitting at either tied for third or tied for fourth in the uh, division. And um, from what I, I was watching that Big Ten show today uh, that has Howard Griffith and the two other, uh, Dave Repson, and I forgot who's the, the, the gal. Uh, apologize. I don't know your name. I apologize. But um, they, they're liking what they see from the Gophers in terms of like offense and defense and special teams and the way how we play. But also, I think we shouldn't be sleeping like uh, – Last year, how we lost to Bowling Green, Illinois. I just think we should not do that. And I think it's better this year because from what you and I have seen, the Gophers are a player-led team pretty much. Like, I swear, I don't think PJ has to do much anymore. <laughs> not, not much, but, like, he's doing less than, like, what we see him do because, like, his players are already doing it versus him <laughs> telling them. So other than that, um, the West is – I, I'm leaning towards our ghosts just because we're biased, but uh, the East, I don't know. Like, Ohio State, Michigan are up there, and then there's the other teams behind them. So, I don't know <laughs> in terms of the East. Yeah, the East, uh, Michigan's looking pretty good on offense. Um... They, they replaced, was it McCarthy with – no, uh, McNamara with McCarthy at quarterback too. I think. Yeah, they 
I know I don't remember who, if they've decided yet who their starter is, but I think it is McCarthy, right? Yeah, McCarthy, JJ McCarthy, because uh, McNamara, Mac- uh-huh. the guy who led them to a cha- a playoff spot, is now like second string backup. See, I wouldn't even call him a second string because I mean, I, would, I do remember now. Jim Harbaugh did say, um, for JJ McCarthy at least, it's not it's your position to lose. Um, you're basically renting this position. So I think it's so sure JJ is like the primary starter, but as soon as he isn't playing as well as he should be, you know, McNamara is going to go in there. And that is like the perfect scenario for Michigan fans knowing that, Hey, if one quarterback goes down, we have a very capable backup that has plenty of reps. So, you know, um, this is hot. You know what I want to see? What? Gophers win the West. Michigan wins the East. We're at the Big Ten Championship game, and we're fighting not just for the Big Ten title, but for the jug. Oh, I, <laughs> I love it. But we'll see if if Jim can beat um, Jim and Michigan can beat uh, Ohio State for the last game of the season. Then uh, it could happen, but we'll see. <laughs> but uh, you have anything else to talk about? Uh, I do have one more thing before we wrap here, but. Nope. Uh, you said you had one more thing. Yeah. Um, uh, well, did you have anything else before I move on to this last piece here? I think I've, I think I've covered everything. All right, all right. So uh, tonight is Monday Night Football. So Griffin and I will be a little bit busy watching that, but here's a quick score update. And in the first quarter, Titans and Bills are tied at 7-7. Um, Tennessee has a ball as third and 14 at the uh, Tennessee 38-yard line. Uh, let's see what else here. And uh, our good old Minnesota Vikings are playing against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia, uh, which kicks off in about like half an hour for us, literally. I'm excited for that. Uh, Jalen uh, Rager revenge tour because he got traded from the Phil- Eagles to the Vikings, and he's now the Vikings uh, punt returner and specialist. Um, and wide receiver 304 or something like that. Um, but excited to watch this. Dude, did you see uh, Rashad Bateman eat against uh, Miami before the, uh, in that game? Like Lamar just – I think Bateman's breaking out with the Ravens after they traded – was it Marquise Brown out of town? <laughs> I mean, you you talked about Jets earlier in the podcast, and that's exactly what Bateman has on his feet. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, what else? Tua is, like, looking better with – the new offensive staff and additional players on their roster now too. <laughs> um, dude, the dolphin, the the, tall, the the dolphins tight end doing the absolute worst gritty I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Let's see what no. else here. Um. Oh, the Browns uh got schlacked I think too last minute. Um, Se- uh, Seahawks. After beating Russell Wilson, the Broncos, uh, week one, uh, got their butts whooped by Jimmy G. Unfortunately, Trey Lance got uh, a broken ankle uh, from that game as well. I wonder 
wonder how toxic the San Francisco locker room is because I read a Bleacher Report article last night. I kind of like I'm it's kind of shame on Bleacher Report at the same time, but they said like privately a bunch of players and coaches were like we're better with Jimmy G than we are Trey Lance, and oh. I'm like put that article out there after someone like gets severely injured. But also I'm like, why yeah. am I not surprised the media? Like it's the it's the media. They're gonna want something that people click on. They want they want to spice it up. Yeah. yeah. And like I I could but at the same time it's like, yeah, I can see that too, where it's they clearly like we're balling out. He might be their best chance to win. Yeah. Uh let's see what else here. But other than that, um NFL and being NFL, but like uh, the Bears lost to the Packers as well, so it looks like uh, Dude, Cardinals, Vegas Raiders. I know. Game was, I was about to go mention that. That was an insane ending. <laughs> I was sitting there like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they scored a last minute touchdown!" Oh my god, I can't believe they scored the two point conversion to tie it. Oh my god, they're going to overtime. Oh my god, and then the Raiders. Reco- they they fucked it up, fumbled the ball, and the Cardinals defense returned it for a touchdown to end the game at o- OT. And I would have laughed because live it didn't look like the ball had crossed the goal line when um, I forgot the defender's name. He's number seven, um, but he like threw the ball like as the ball was crossing the plane, but it crossed the plane when he still had possession of it, and then oh. he let. And I was thinking, like, oh, my God, that's going to be, like, a fumble out of the back of the end zone <laughs> or something crazy like that. So yeah. I yeah. almost thought that was more to that game than that. But I don't know, man. Yeah. We're off to a crazy start. We all thought the Broncos were going to schlack the Seahawks. And then week two, pretty much similar results. The Broncos didn't do too hot uh, to win their second week two game. Uh, the Vikings are week one, like, I was surprised that they beat the Packers the way they did <laughs> last week. Um, the insane ending of Cardinals and Raiders this past week. I'm like, damn, nothing's ever like whatever you think in the preseason for the NFL is not always what it comes out to be <laughs> in the regular season. <laughs> and, and you never know. Uh, Mike Evans might punch Marshawn Lattimore again. Oh, yes. I, th- I think he ran out of the sideline, right? And his <laughs> got in the fight and yes, both got right. ejected. Straight, they straight up just I think Mike Evans oh yeah they both got ejected but Mike Evans was the only one that got a one game suspension I think was it only one game I thought it was more yeah I could um, be wrong well but... that's that's the sacrifice you make for protecting Tom Brady true true but hey Cole Keeft doing some good work as tight end over there blocking tight end for Tampa Bay uh, and his offense love it Gophers and the pros, baby. And then uh, Anton Winfield Jr. doing some Anton Winfield Jr. things in Tampa Bay as well. Open field sacks. We love it. Yep. Uh, and I apologize for our other players that are former Gophers. Oh, besides Rashad, we talked about him earlier. But I don't know about the other players. I know Asezi, uh is still with the Vikings on the active 53, but I don't think he dressed for week one. And I think that might be the same case. He might not dress for this game for Monday night as well. Um, Devondre Devondre Campbell with the Packers uh, yep. pretty much had a good week last week when we, when they're in the loss and then again this week as well let's see I think Ty Johnson got cut from Tampa Bay too and I'm not sure where he's and he was, 
He was uh, picked up, I believe, on waivers by the Texans. Oh, the Texans? Hey, man, when Ouch. you're trying NFL, you'll take anything that comes to you. True. And then Carter Coughlin still playing special teams uh, or trying to stay on the roster on special teams on defense for the Giants, who, if I'm being honest, the Giants surprised me because I thought with uh, Daniel Jones – Saquon Barkley I thought they weren't going to do well on offense and somehow Saquon is doing Saquon things and Daniel ja- Daniel Jones not Daniel Jackson Daniel Jones is looking better too so it's been interesting so far for the NFL so um that's all I have is touch on that go watch some Monday night football it's gonna be a fun night for that um but yeah uh want to end it here I think that's a good it's a good point all right, awesome, awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening or watching episode 50 of OPA Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And uh, we'll recap again, or we will be back again uh, the week after to recap the game against Michigan State and then preview the game after and also discuss more. And hopefully we have more of the guys on the talk as well. But thank you so much for listening and watching, and we'll see you guys next time. Uh, again, I'm one of your hosts, Jason O, along with... You're the only other one online tonight, Griffin Most. And we'll see y'all next time. And oh.